This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane, the official Missouri men's basketball podcast. We kid, we kid, we kid. Welcome back to Drive the Lane, the best Ohio State hoops podcast out there. Got to say, saw on Twitter, some people are looking for Ohio State basketball podcasts. Look no further than Drive the Lane. Come give us a listen. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're giving us a listen. So we appreciate it. But tell your friends, tell your parents. And also tell your friends and your parents to sign up for Betfred Sportsbook, all right? Because obviously, we get a little action if you give a little action, or we wouldn't be promoting it. So here's the deal. They paid out all the Bengals bets. It's looking like the Bengals are going to lose tonight, okay? And if you took the Bengals, you won that bet. So what does that tell you? You should be betting with Betfred Sports. Ohio only for for our users, our listeners. Got to be 21 and up. 1-800-GAMBLER if you got a gambling problem. You've heard that before, though. Bet with Betfred. Unfortunately, I think we have to officially say bet against the Buckeyes on Betfred. I joke. I joke. It's, it's we're, we're trying to make something out of nothing here on Drive the Lane. But all jokes aside, we, we kind of have a State of the Union address coming from you know, the former college basketball player of the tandem, which is obviously Joey, not myself. Don't think we need to spend any more time on Betfred or the Bengals. Hand it off to you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I, I know you're a fan of the, the Twitter.com, that little little blue app with that little blue bird that we uh, we do a lot of stuff on during games, during not games. But, man, when Ohio State is losing, it is a, uh, it's a toxic, scary, not-so-fun place. Um, I say that because if you had just joined Twitter and we're looking um, and perusing the app, having followed a lot of people that say they care in quotes about Ohio State basketball, uh, you would you would think that number one, we have the worst basketball team ever assembled, and number two, we've got the worst basketball coach and the worst guy for the job. Um, what I'm here to say is is like you said, a, a little state of the union address, but more so, I'd like to say that that uh, unfortunately or fortunately, right, I like to think that I know a little bit more than the average guy when it comes to college athletics, college sports, what it takes to win, the important stuff, right? And for that reason, I do want to go and, and get on my soapbox real quick uh, and just elaborate on, on why I think not only is Chris Holtman the man for the job, but that Ohio State basketball will be just just fine. When I say just fine, does that mean this year? No, but it means for the future. They'll be just fine and better than fine. couple things. Let me preface everything by saying you're going to sit here and, and whether you think you know more than me or you don't, you're listening, you're going to assume that I'm only saying this because I played for Coach Holtman. But listen, at the end of the day, yes, I'm a little bit biased, but I also – I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. I know my stuff and I, and I want what's best for Ohio state. At the end of the day, I'm a Buckeye. Andrew is a Buckeye. We want what's best for the university, for the fans, for the team, for the program, etc. And in my humble opinion, that is Chris Holman leading this basketball, uh, leading this basketball program. And there's a bunch of reasons why, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to a few here um, so that nobody stops listening. Cause I go so long overall this year is an anomaly. 
personally, I, I, I truly believe that in the sense of a few different things, coach Holman did not forget how to coach. Uh, you listen to any broadcaster, any other coach in the conference or in the league, they say the same things about the guy that he is a tremendous coach and they have the utmost respect for him and the culture that he's built at Ohio state. Does that culture shine through right in this very moment, this season? Absolutely not. But look at the years past. He was the coach of the year in the big Ten his first year coach of the year in the big East coach of the year at Gardner Webb coach of the year in three different conferences, three different times. Look up and tell me how many guys have done that. It's, it's less than you can count on one hand in the entire history of college basketball. So that would assume that, I don't know, Andrew, he's a good coach probably. Right. Um, on top Not of that, all time. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, on top of that, you look at the guys that he brings in recruits and the guys that he, and that he, that he takes out, right. That are in the NBA. Think of Bryce Sensible this year, Malachi Branham last year, Dwayne Washington, Jay Sean Tate, Kata Bates, the up, the list goes on EJ Liddell guys that he is recruiting, bringing to Ohio state, putting on a pedestal for NBA scouts to see, and then letting them go, uh, obviously years early than anticipated to the NBA, uh, which puts a wrench into your game plan. Sure. But good coaches like him have shown in the past that that hasn't changed a lot uh, for, for what they want to do. Look at the team last year without Dwayne Washington, for example, at the end of the day, college basketball, unfortunately is a business where you have to win and you can't lose in, in, in bunches, right? NBA teams can afford to lose six games in a row. The, the Memphis Grizzlies are the second, have the second best record in the entire Western conference, but they've lost five or six games in a row, but that doesn't, it literally barely puts a dent into their season. Uh, the, the micro, the, the microscope that um, collegiate basketball teams are under in the sense that Kansas loses three games and the sky is falling, right? I mean, you, you can't lose games like, and I'm not making an excuse for losing games, but it just shows you that you can't climb out of that hole. But at the end of the day, I keep saying at the end of the day, season's an anomaly. I, I truly believe that coach Holman is, a guy that has proven to be a great head coach. Um, you don't just win games in the NCAA tournament each year. You've been a head coach all while winning 20 plus games a year. Every year he's been in Ohio state by accident, right? That people got to understand that winning is hard. Winning 20 games is even harder and winning in the NCAA tournament is the hardest thing to do. Couple all those together. And he does that each and every season throw out this year. Cause it's an anomaly. There's nobody that I would want representing our program in terms of likability, in terms of the culture that he creates and the foundation that he builds for these you know, young men that are coming into our program and leaving as as old men. Right. And uh, all, all of it put together means simply put that that he deserves at least another year. Like, are you crazy? It's you can look across college basketball and the teams that stick with their guy. For years and years and years, Bryce Drew is the perfect example. You, you, um, Scott Drew, excuse me. You, you are, you are the the fruits of your labor. You get to enjoy those. You get to enjoy them. So, Andrew, I know wants to talk about what the future of Ohio State basketball looks like, and I'm all in for that. I just know that the future of Ohio State basketball has to include Chris Holtman for another year. You got to give him another shot. Look at that. I mean, it's crazy that I have to even say that. There is no man better for the job. Then Chris Holman, and he'll show you next year if he doesn't show you at the end of this year. Whew. Yeah, Whew. you 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 nailed it. Very very passionate. Um, I, I do think 
that next year is is so important in my opinion this season is is like done so and what i mean by that is not like they're going to bench all the guys what i mean by that is nothing that happens the rest of this season with the exception of you know winning out and running the table making the tournament making the sweet 16 etc with the exception of that nothing would change my mind or my stance on the direction that the program is either going or needs to go or where it is, you know, this season has been decided if they lose at home against Michigan state, or if they lose at home against Illinois, nothing changes in my opinion. I'll say this, this year, there was literally no one in the class left from last year. Malachi left and, and Kalen Etzler is not a contributor um, to, to say the least. That's not anything mean to him, but you know, there's not, there's, there's nothing left over from the class. And next year, the, the class is the number six in the country. And yes, this year's class was really, really good as well. So you could say, Oh, well, there was a great class last year. Why aren't they great this year in basketball? Unless you're getting, you know, Jason Tatum, Paulo, one of those guys, that gives you, you know, a top three class. You can't bank on freshmen to win you the. Well, conference. you also need you saying. also need two classes. Football, you usually need like four complete classes to really have a team. But in basketball, you need you need back to back really good classes to to drastically change your team. And there's an opportunity to do that next year. Not going to sit here and say I'm out on Holtman if he doesn't do that next year. But I'm also not going to say I'm I'm not out on him if he doesn't. Like nothing is set in stone in you know my mind except for the fact that we we gotta wait and see what happens next year and obviously you have more bias than me but we'd be lying if we said i wasn't biased as well towards you know holtman and and everyone in there so you would maybe give him 30 years i'd maybe give him 28 you know like we're a little (laughs) you're definitely more biased but i have ties as well um, I need to see next year's class play out before any decisions are made. And also, also not that a decision is going to be made after next year. Or not Like I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button on anything besides this season. Is yeah. Basically what I, I'm saying. And the panic button is fair. I, I'm not panicking. I'm more of like hitting a disappointment button, right? It's like, you'd be panicking if it was, you know, like you, traded all your first round picks and these are the guys you got in return and it's like championship or bust, you know, then, yeah. then you're panicking, right? Cause it's not panning out. But the thing is, you're going to lose a lot of guys from this year. You're going to gain a lot of guys freshman class from the freshman class next year. I understand that Ohio state fans want to win. They want to win now. And, and I, and I, that's why I love Ohio state fans that because they're so passionate and they expect winning, which they should, should expect winning. But at the same time, you have to, understand that uh, it's not just it's it's not just it's not just black and white right it's not just this or that it, you there is a middle ground of of you know you're you're working towards this or that and it's and it's not as easy as okay well we brought in eight new guys and th- like how do you expect when you're reflecting and looking back it's like the season was going to go one of two ways the way it's going now which it's struggling. It doesn't look like a team guys are are lacking in a ton of different areas 
or you, you reach the mountaintop, right? And it's just a yeah. crop of guys that all mesh together well, and it's unbelievable. But I'm with you. You got. I'm excited for next year in the sense that it's going to be a, a a a ton of guys that that can contribute and expect to contribute. But it's not fair to sit here and be like, wait for next year. You know, like that's the definitely. That's the, and I know also, thing. Yeah. Also, for the people who are saying, well, it's the same type of class as this year. What's going to be different about next year? Rankings, you know, granted, don't always matter. Bryce Sensball, um, I'm just looking on 247 right now, but Bryce Sensball was the 65th best player in the country last year um, and the third highest of Ohio State's, you know, five recruits that came in. But next year, they have three top 50 guys coming in. Last year, they just had one. It was Roddy Gale. It was 49. So if you even want to count 49 as top 50, I mean, it's barely the top 50. But, you know, next year's class is, is different. They're, they're projected to be, you know, something class-wise that you haven't seen at Ohio State in a while where you get potentially three, if not four guys that should be able to impact and contribute right away. So excited for that, not saying that overtakes, you know, the, the disappointment of this year by any chance, but I'm not not excited for next year's class because of what's happening this year. I also think Holtman catches some strays about past tournament stuff as if the tournament losses are worse because they lost to Indiana. They'll be like, oh, well, he lost to Indiana and Oral Roberts. It's like, yeah. all right, you get uh, – Enough with that. So if he beat Indiana, would people be like, he has key wins against Duke and Indiana? You know, like, just chill with the Oral Roberts thing. Yeah, I just uh, – yeah, he – he, the poor guy gets hit with a lot when he – because as you should, right, you're the head coach. It's what you signed up for. But at the same time, it's – there are so many things that I could point to, especially looking at that Indiana game. Uh, you could – you could talk about how bad the offense was. You could talk about how bad the defense was. You could talk about how bad the leadership and the older guys are playing right now. There's just, you go down the line. You could talk about how great Indiana has been playing also, which I mean, it, I was talking to, um, who was I talking to about it? I think I was talking on the radio with Timmy about how in a microcosm, right in a vacuum, individually a game at Indiana when Indiana was preseason favorite to win the big 10 is not a game you're supposed to win. Right. But at the same time, it feels like it's a must win for whatever reason. Right. So it's just like you take all these individual games out of context and you're like, okay, there's only like two bad losses out of the seven, but you can't lose them all in a row, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. I, I I do want, as a guy who's looking at look, watching the game with a little less emotional investment, um, what, what did you watch and what are you, what's, what's most frustrating to you? If you, you know, if you're wagering on a game at Ohio state game as a fan and you're watching, like, what, are, what are your thoughts? I think the most frustrating thing about that game, and it really can be the most frustrating thing from every single game that has ended like this. Just what a waste of Bryce Sensabaugh, you know, his scoring ability. Say say what you will about him on the defensive end, but when you just look at these box scores at the end of every game, it's like this he had 23 or he had he had 19, he had 10 in the second. It's like it, it's frustrating that the freshman who is the newest to campus, I guess the the transfers as well, but it's frustrating that so much 
falls onto him. And it's frustrating that he hasn't like lost it as the season's gone on. Not frustrating that he hasn't lost it. Frustrating that he's been able to stay consistent with the scoring and you haven't been able to, to pepper in anything else to give him like, if, imagine if he takes a night off right now. Imagine if Bryce Sensbaugh. Well, that tweets, was like that was like the Illinois game. He had 14 points. I mean, right. Which is an imagine if, he, imagine if he tweaks tweaks his ankle in practice and he's like, I cannot give it, give you guys everything this week. And he and he scores six. Who they're gonna lose by 80? It's just I it's it's frustrating to he would be prime trade bait right now in the NBA. You talked about the NBA earlier. If if there was a team like Ohio State, if you could make trades, you would be looking at the teams that couldn't make the tournament, and we'd be trading Bryce Sensabaugh to Missouri <laughs> for a future a player to be named later. No, but fr- frustrating is seeing him not really be able to get you know help. I guess is is the way to put it. And then I, I think I think another thing that's obviously frustrating is. I get frustrated that Trace Jackson Davis has been there and been so good for so long. I I know that's not Ohio State frustration. We had, we had AJ Liddell doing that two years though, right? But he, well, well, yeah, but that was Trace Jackson Davis was on a bad team doing like EJ Liddell yeah. was contributing as a freshman on a good team. It just is exciting. Yeah. It's it's exciting that a, a four year player who basically has. It's cool that they they still stats exist. wise yeah. stats wise has has delivered like totally. Edie Edie's not like exciting yeah he's there for a while Garza was exciting scoring a lot like Edie's such a boring if Edie wins Player of the Year it's gonna be so it, it's boring because yeah, he's yeah, bigger thirty eight and thirteen today you mean when when sure <laughs> but um I think the frustration the frustration is. Nothing happened in that game where I was like, oh, that's the first time we're seeing this. What's going on? You know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think that there's – because, I mean, we wouldn't be an Ohio State podcast if we didn't at least break down the game a little bit. And and our next game isn't for a handful of days. So, you know, at home against Wisconsin, which Wisconsin is in the exact same boat as us right now, they, they can't buy a win. They are looking at the outside into the NCAA tournament. Um, they came in – they they just at first they were old Wisconsin they were and they were winning all these games they should have and now they just kind of are back down to earth, um, but so so we don't really need to break that down just because who I mean who really cares honestly but I think people more so like to hear us be negative about the results of the previous game so for that reason I'll give you my three takeaways and I'll give you a an offense defense special teams sort of sort of thing here. Um, offensively, again, I've been in that locker room, not with that exact, not with the exact staff, but with Holman, obviously as the head coach. And let me tell you, we learn a lot of set plays, like a lot, like, uh, like a lot, not as much as I did in high school, but at times it was overwhelming when I was learning sets for Ohio state for sets for the opposing team we were playing that week. And uh, remembering special circumstances and because there's so many sets, but I just, and I see Diebler is up yelling triangle five, which I know is a cross screen to get Zed in the post. And like, I get it. We have sets. Like I know we're running them, but it's just so bizarre because I feel like every single set, 
ends in an isolation, which in theory is great, right? If you're getting Bryce on the elbow in isolation, if you're getting Ben Justice in the short post in isolation, that should work. I just think something needs to change. We need to run a motion offense. We need to do something to get the ball moving. We average less and less assists as the season goes on. Um, something about our offense and set offense is, is alarming right now. And I just, you know, it, it's not working obviously and something needs to change. And, and ironically, or I don't even know if ironically is the best word for it. One thing that I'd like them to change is Bryce should be the go-to guy. Always. I really think Sean McNeil is the second best option. I truly believe that he can, he get, doesn't get enough credit for how he can create his own shot. His shot fake is unbelievable. He's obviously the best catch and shoot guy we have on the team. And maybe even in the big 10, um, he's got to be utilized more. He's got to shoot six or seven threes a game because I really think he makes three or four of them pretty consistently. If he gets that, he should shoot 10 threes a game. I, I wouldn't, I, I think that he needs to be close to, if not the second option, I think a healthy Zed key is the best second option, but that's just, he's just, Zed is a shell of himself right now. So that's offensively. That that's my opinion there. Defensively, our defense is worse than our offense. There, there's no doubt about it. We can't stop a nosebleed. It's unbelievable. It's scary. I, I, I truly think that um, defense is played, yes, with your head and your scheme and the game plan and stuff. Like, that's important. But energy and effort cures a lot of mistakes that you make. And if guys like Justice and Bryce um, and, and Zed Key and Bruce Thornton and, and, and Ice, Sean McNeil, you name it, go down the list. If they aren't giving all-out energy and effort, then the mistakes they make are amplified threefold. Right. If you get beat back door, but you die for that ball, you have a chance to at least tip it. Right. But if you get beat back door and just stand and watch, then it's over. Uh, I, I we don't need to harp on Bryce anymore for his defense because it's just not there. But somewhat some leadership needs to be taken. And, and this takes this will bring me to my next point eventually. But like you got to draw a line in the sand at some point and like, all right, enough's enough. We're, we're going to foul you or we're going to do something and just a little bit of energy and effort first to the floor, tip balls out something. Cause the, the defense is just scary bad with, with just uh, the lack of intensity is just alarming. But I really do think one thing from Holman's years in the past that got him over the edge with some not so talented teams, for example, like my senior, my, my senior year, we played really, really hard and were really good on defense and held our hat on the defensive end, but or hung our hat on the defensive end. But that's just not happening this year. And I and I and I do think that as much as it is coaching, and we could sit here and blame coaches all day, coaches aren't on the floor. The guys who are on the floor, like Justice Suing and Zed Key, I'm begging you guys to lead better. To to lead better. Lead by example. Lead with your words, just lead better. You have to. Uh, not to say draw a line in the sand as uh, again, but, but it starts with you. It starts, it ends with you guys Zed, if you're healthy enough to get out there and play, you got to play harder. You got to play harder. Uh, it, justice. You are si- your sixth year in college. It, every single guy in that team looks to you as the leader and the captain of this team. You have to do more, you, whether that's on offense. Great. But especially on defense, you have to get on guys. You have to, Tell the coaching staff who needs to be in the game. You can't pout. You can't hold your head down. You got to show a little emotion. You just have to. You just have to. So I look to those two guys. Isaac Likely, Sean McNeil, Tanner Holden, older guys who transferred in, they can only do so much. They are new Buckeyes. 
Uh, granted, it's ha- over halfway through the year, but like, holy cow, Justice Suing and Zed Key, you guys know what it takes to win in the Big Ten. You've been there and done that. You have to have to get more out of these guys. You just have to. You win with people. You win with players. So, so at the end of the day, the coach on the sideline, you can only scheme up so much. You can only do so much. It falls on the shoulders of these older guys, and they have to step up. They have they they have to step up. And I it brings us back to what we were talking about last week, Andrew. And I'm sure you'll say this after I finish. At some point, it's like if you're not giving it to us, we got to play somebody else. We just have mm-hmm. to. It's not because we're giving up, but it's because there are standards in the program that need to be met. And if the older guys aren't meeting them, and we are a 500 basketball team, something needs to change, and new guys have to play. It's just. It sucks, but it's just true. It just has to happen. Yeah, my, my question is, what does the rest of the season look like in terms of, I mean, for Missouri, I have experience of the season being, you know, quote unquote over at this point. So yeah. I know what it looks like. It doesn't look any different. You know, you wouldn't know that a team is eliminated. You probably, and they're not eliminated, but you wouldn't know that a team is all but eliminated you probably don't get as hyped for the matchups that you're projected to lose from what I've seen as a Missouri fan. Like when you, when you play, they play Purdue again. Yeah. At Purdue. Right. So you, when you play at Purdue and the season is kind of winded down, it could, and you would know better than me, you could easily, you know, check out for a game like that. But I think the games that are supposed to be close and will be close you'll still see a fight. And that's a, that's a testament to Holtman for all the people who are, you know, worried for, to an extent about Holtman. I say, you know, take a look at how he coaches, not result of the game, but how invested he is, you know, at, at this point in the season, obviously, because there's a lot of coaching coaching for his life. There's a lot of people who would roll, would, would roll over. A lot of coaches would roll over and be like, this is a loss season. Nail it in. Exactly. Cal Perry would be like, this is a lost season. Actually, he didn't do that this year, but there has been, you know, years where he's just like, whatever, this is a lost season. I got a top six class coming in next year, you know, let the chips fall as they do. That's not going to happen. So that's how I think, you know, the rest of the season is going to shake out, but yeah, Yeah, I I just think that this is, I, I tell you what, when you're a coach, right. And you look at coach Owens, Coach Natty, especially Diebler, that's one of the most competitive dudes I've ever met in my life. Holt, the rest of the guys, the coaches are in the industry that they're in for a multitude of different reasons, but close to the top is because they love to win and they're competitive and they want to win so bad. So you know that, talking to your point, they're not going to roll over and mail anything in and they're going to be coaching harder probably than they have all season. Mm -hmm. What I'm interested to see is what guys – are on that same level or close to it and what guys aren't right. What guys are going to show up and play every game like they're playing for a birth in the NCAA tournament and who aren't who, what guys are going to show up and play like it's the super bowl or it's their last game that they'll ever play in their life. And what guys are going to come out and be like, you know what, just another game, just another game closer to the end, just another game closer to me transferring another game closer to me going to the NBA. Like, man, like, I would lose a lot of respect for Bryce Sensible if he doesn't come out and try and get 25 every night. You know, well, what I what I was going to say in response to what you're saying, I'm I'm glad you're saying this is there's individual storylines to pick out at this point that point to guys still playing hard. 
justice suing, you know, is definitely at the I got to prove people wrong point where he needs to play better so that people, you know, give him a little more respect. Bryce Sensabaugh is probably not satisfied with where he's slotted in NBA draft projections. Roddy Gale wants to, you know, prove that he should be in X role moving forward. You know, you worry about the the Bruce Thorntons, not him specifically, but you worry about the Bruce Thorntons that as a freshman were, you know, handed the keys to the starting point guard. Like what really would have to happen the rest of the season to Bruce Thornton for him not to be the starting point guard next year? You know, so I guess maybe those are the guys that you would hypothetically worry about. Bruce Thornton doesn't seem like the kind of guy to mail it in. I'm just saying the people who are all but locked in to, to where they are and, and, and where they're going to be may have, you know, less to play for Bryce sense ball mailing it in would, would surprise me because of how effortless it is for him to score. Yeah. I just think that anybody mailing it in would be really surprising because those aren't the types of guys that Holman recruits. They're just not, right. I, there were guys on my team, my freshman sophomore year who, who I thought would mail it in and didn't like, it's hard to mail it in, but my sophomore year guys, guys mailed it in. And it's a, the blueprint for a season like that is like this, where you lose all these games that you feel like you should have won. You have no chance you in, in theory of making the NCAA tournament, which again, it's crazy, but they do still have an outside chance of making yeah. the NCAA tournament. It, it, the season's not over, but. Well, also could, Joey, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, when's the last time these guys were 500 at this point? in their season. I know they're a game over 500, Like this is, this is, you know, un. what's the expression? Uncharted. 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 This is uncharted waters, uncharted, uncharted territory. uncharted territory, uncharted waters for most of these players that probably had four losses, three losses, their senior year, five losses. So yes, Holtman doesn't recruit those kind of guys, but also those kind of guys may not know that they're those kind of guys because they've never, been faced with the opportunity to be those kind of guys. Like even at, at Deerfield, was there ever a point where your guys' season was was over or where you guys thought, you know, this is a wasted season? No. No, of course not. And that's why I think it's – there's just – the it's like I hate to say this, but it's almost like you're fighting for respect, you know? Yeah. Like, like you need to prove yourself as a player and, and you're – trying to keep the momentum and like prove to yourself and not be embarrassed and all this different stuff. I mean, and play spoiler and all this different stuff. There are ways to get up for these games still. And I'm, I don't think we have a team or a program that it's that, that needs that, but it's looking like there are, are guys that not are going to mail it in, but the energy and effort like that is suffering for the big games. Like what's it going to look like now? So we'll see. We're going to look, it's crazy for an 11, 10 team, but we're going to learn a lot about this staff and this team in the next few games, because they're fairly winnable. Like in terms yeah. of the upper echelon of the big 10, like Wisconsin at home is a, is as winnable as a game as you'll find in the big 10. Granted, we, we haven't won all the winnable games this year, but we've also won games that you look at them now, like Northwestern on the road is, is a great win. So um, you're going to learn a lot about this team and a lot about this staff because the staff is going to be coaching their asses off. They're going to be coaching for their livelihood, but the players it's, it's, it's weird because again, to touch on what we said earlier, like they're the ones out on the court, they decide the outcomes of these games. So 
it'll be really, really interesting. That's for sure. And, and man, it's like, you just got to feel for these guys at some point too, because you think that they're putting in the, 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 the effort behind the scenes and they work hard and there's just only so much you could do. And it's just a gauntlet. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Last, last thing I will say, um, because in our last episode, we hit on a lot of generic college basketball. Maybe we will do that again in the next episode. This was strictly Ohio state hoops. We wanted to speak to you. We needed to speak to you, but of course, Alabama loses the first, first game right after we put them on, on our list of guys that are teams that we would put money on. So my last question to you, has yeah. anything changed in your eyes of teams that you like to win it all? Because so much can change in a weekend of hoops. Yeah. I mean, my, of one of our five teams, Tennessee looked incredible. Um, I think they just keep looking better and better. Um, I, I, there are so many teams that can win it all. I, it's so crazy that Purdue is head and shoulders, the number one team in the country, but I don't even, I think Indiana has a better chance of winning the national championship than Purdue does where it stands right now. Uh, I don't think a team from the big 10 is going to win the national championship, but maybe Ever. Zach, Eady, but maybe Zach Eady can score 40 and 10 every single game and they win it all. Um, I, my main takeaway is that I think Tennessee is really stinking good. And uh, it pains me to say this because I've been watching big 10 basketball my whole life, but in the SEC and the Big 12, the game is played. It's a different sport. It is a different sport. Big 10 is fun if you are a basketball purist and you love good screens and you love good defense. But if you are if you love basketball, the sport in general, like holy cow, Big 12 basketball and SEC basketball are very, very fun to watch. Yeah, and Mizzou has been in both conferences. So that just tells you all you need to know. M-I-Z. Um. Z-O-U, bro. Yeah. Z-O-U. Z-O-U. I, that's, that's what they say? Yeah. Um, how about Kansas State? Mm-hmm. Kansas State, man. That game was awesome against Florida. Keontae Johnson, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, next week, we'll be back with, with some more, you know, gambling-ish talk, maybe some teams. I think we can, you know, start looking a little bit, maybe, at, at, at some Big Ten regular season odds. It's, it's going to be Purdue for the regular season, but we can look at all conference odds and maybe talk a little bit about that. And then maybe Bet Fred will have Big Ten tournament odds by then, and we can pepper a little bit on the Buckeyes because that's what we do here on, on Drive the Lane. Yeah, I just hope that in a week's time, everybody, we have a more positive show for you. Um, I have myself have been pretty down in the dumps for the last 24 hours, um, but we love you guys. We had to give you a show. I... I I wanted to give you, I truly wanted to pull back the curtain and tell you how I feel because at the end of the day, I just to kind of get back to the original point, like Chris Holman, I really do think, and Andrew agrees is, is the man for the job. Uh, he people, I've seen the argument that, um, you know, he's a good recruiter, but he can't coach and the guys he brings in aren't good enough. And then uh, the, the big games are too big for him and blah, blah, blah. He's been the number one team three times here, but that, whatever. But I do think he's the man for the job. I think this year is an anomaly, and I think that this year is not also not over. It's an anomaly whether they make the tournament or not, but I, I don't think this year is over. I think that there's a lot of ways that they can get some momentum going into the Big Ten tournament and maybe even the NCAA tournament and definitely into next year. So hopefully we can give you a more positive, upbeat episode. Um, we're going to get you guys some guests. It's just the nature of me and Andrew um, being all over the place and then Ohio State basketball 
being a tough topic right now. It's just, we're not making yeah. any excuses, but this is just the way the episodes have been cut out lately. Um, but it's going to get better. Content's going to get better. We're going to keep going. And uh, it can only go up from here, I guess. Yeah. And also, 2 0 this week, we're back in. We're all the way back in after 2 0 this week. If. If they go two and zero, you don't want to see me. If they go two and zero this week, I'm. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. All right, buckle up, drive the lane, go Buckeyes, beat the Badgers, or I jump off a cliff. Like the Browns from the land When push comes to shove Wave that towel in your